Did you just notice something different? I didn't have any of my intro music. I didn't have any of my intro or outro and my my in, my music fillers. As you guys might be following, I have had some computer troubles. And until things are up and running, uh, I'm still relentless with releasing some amazing content for you. So I thought I'd give you the heads up. It might sound a little bit different. It might be in a, a bit of a different feel, but the value is still all the same. And so I'll kick you off with my other intro and uh, this amazing, amazing uh, call and chat and conversation moving forward. I hope you enjoy it. Drum roll, please, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name is Tyson Sharp and I have another amazing special guest. And why is he amazing? I was watching a Gaia program Guys, the streaming service that's huge across the world, heightening consciousness. And I saw this guy talking my language. He was talking my language. He was talking all about a new frontier with masculinity, talking about how we can co-create, collaborate, combine our creative forces for a new way of doing things, a new way of executing on your divine genius. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? And I saw his name is Zeus, Zeus Yamianis. And I thought, I have to reach out to this guy. I had no clue if he was going to receive my, my email or if he was going to reply. He did. And because he's so inclined to, he just has a heart for collaboration and has a heart to share this type of knowledge. It's such a profound way to go about life. And he messaged me back. We organized a quick chat. We, we hit it off right away and started to discuss everything in terms of where this consciousness is going and how we as divine beings can, can really impact the world. And if you want to do that through business, then this is the chat for you. Because we talk, you know, Zeus really does dive in deep in terms of everything, in terms of the new way of collaboration, right? How you build a relationship with your business, right? And to have that that curiosity and adventure on where it's leading you, right? And it's so cool to hear other people talking about it in just a really new way. But last year, he launched his book. It's called The Spiritually Confident Man. And the sub subheading is Pioneering a New Frontier of Co-Creative Masculinity, right? How cool is that? And we dive in deep into these topics. We dive in deep into how you can use this in your own life, how you can practically apply it and how you can start to really develop your life and develop your journey as part of your divine genius, right? as part of your divine genius. And we talk all about how to do that. But let me read you a little bit about what Zeus has on his website. His website is askdrzeus.com. That's askdrzeus.com. Let me read you about this. See if this resonates with you. Zeus Yamianis is the creator of AskDrZeus.com, a powerful resource for those seeking to both root their personal and their unique voices and genius and move beyond institutional and conventional approaches. His approach relies upon confidence in human spirit and learn into challenging emotions rather than depending upon therapeutic formulas or so-called experts that teach uh, that teach people to simply run away from or control emotions right that's what we're all about we are all about helping people develop themselves 
and develop their emotional relationship with themselves. And instead of running away, instead of avoiding, instead of resisting, it's all about just learning into it, leaning into it, being a space of of moving through it from a place of confidence. And so if that is your goal, if that is your path, if this feels expansive, let me kick it off with welcoming Zeus Yemianis. All right, one and all. Welcome back once again. As soon as I saw Zeus, it was basically on some uh, it was basically on some documentaries and uh, and and interview style uh, programs where I was like, man, I have to meet this guy. It's the the topics he was discussing. It, it was aligned so much with my mission, my purpose, what the community is all about. That I'm like, man, I'm just gonna reach out and see if he he will connect. Lo and behold, he did, and uh, we had a chat. You know, when was it? a few weeks ago where we basically just vibed off each other and uh, shared stories about where this collective consciousness is going, what it means for us in our in our divine genius and how it's flowing through us and how we can practically apply that in a new emerging society, a new emerging society with with something of more towards who and what we are, our virtues, our values, our spirituality, our connectedness. And so anyone that's listening now who's really asking themselves the question of what can I do? Who can I be? What can I value? How can I really fit in, in this uh, new emerging world, uh, you know, post COVID-19, then this is a conversation for you because Zeus is the absolute master with so much experience, uh, not only in, in the form of his own spirituality, but where this society is going and, uh, and his best guess on, uh, on, what's going to what's going to happen what we're going to value moving forward so zeus first of all welcome so much it's awesome awesome to have you on here uh like i said i've been waiting so long for this conversation and uh i have literally no clue i wrote down like a thousand questions of what to ask you i said let's just flow let's just see how it goes but yeah (laughs) welcome so much uh i'd love to give you the floor for a little bit and share with the audience what it is you do how did you do it and uh what got you to doing this thing well, you know, I'm a, a pretty strong kind of Aries type male. And uh, so you wouldn't see me as a, as a shrinking violet uh, by any means. But um, in the course of, of my story, I guess you would say, starting as a very competitive, very high achievement, high you know, performance oriented person, and I still do performance coaching, um, in comparison to others, in comparison to, to my former selves, always trying to exceed that, exceed that. Somewhere along the line, I got a bug and a passion for relationship and for collaboration. And even when I was being interviewed, when I was graduating high school, I gave a speech and so forth. And they said, well, what's going to be your thing, Zeus? I said, you know, I got this funny feeling that cooperation the, the difference between cooperation and competition is going to figure into my future. <laughs> and, um, and it has been. Um, throughout, uh, one of my favorite books uh, when I took existentialism at, at Ohio State when I was an undergraduate was I and Thou, was this profound notion of relationship. And I go beyond cooperation to say collaboration and co-creativity now is what I really focus on where the true you, that is the, the, the talent and the deep divine genius that I call that you mentioned, uh, is able to come forward. And you don't have to prove yourself. 
through status, through degrees. Those things are simply tools that facilitate the evocative movement of that talent out into the world and into relationships with other people. Um, I got so compelled and passionate about this that I wrote a dissertation at Syracuse University for my PhD. I was in, I have a philosophy of education PhD and it's cultural foundations. So it's critical and creative thinking, interdisciplinary, sociology, anthropology, <laughs> psychology, um, you name it, you know, I was, I was doing it, history, you know, it, and of course philosophy. But uh, the name of it was uh, toward, a, toward a philosophy of interperson, interpersonal self and self-esteem. Um, and it was really this notion of how to self-value through the relationship being foundational, not where you lose yourself to another person, but you enhance through the contribution and linking up with somebody else and creating this new world that's greater than the two of you. And I describe what that looks like and how that can create greater value in the world and greater value in the self, rather than simply having an individualistic notion or this you know, way, way too macro social notion you know, nationalism or various groups and clubs and political parties. So it was really about creating a, almost a spiritual village, an emotionally intelligent village and relationship that continues to drive me. And since then, I've wrote, written a book, uh, Transforming Economy from Corrupted Capitalism to Connected Community. So you can see that theme definitely coming in that. Um, what was quite successful, uh, I made it onto some major interviews. Um, you know, uh, satellite TV stuff and so forth. And then f finally, just recently, within the last year or so, I wrote a book called The Spiritually Confident Man, in which uh, I felt called to apply that notion to masculinity and talking about the evolution of masculinity from competitive individualism to cooperative kind of care toward co-creative collaboration. And so that, that evolution is what I'm also seeing in the world right now and what I try to facilitate with my counseling. And, um, you know, people are tasting it, you know, and uh, I even developed the whole course around it called Motivation and Emotion uh, for Northern Arizona University. It was an online class and it was the most intimate and successful class that I had, even though it was fully online. And it really helped people begin to develop an understanding of their own emotions and how that connects to the world in relationships, in particular work, relationships, and family, and school. I guess those are the main areas. So it's an applied understanding. Um, though I have an academic background and I have plenty of grounding in theory, my love is the application of spirituality, emotional intelligence, and relationship in a co-creative endeavor and creating an emerging world that can be healthier, and more satisfying, more fulfilling, and more exciting for all of us. That's huge. That's huge. And what resonates with me when, when you say, oh man, when I was younger, I had this, just for some reason, I had this, this feeling that connectedness and, and community and collaboration was the way moving forward. Was that really the, the, the turning point for you? Was there something in you that just said, I'm going to follow this for, for, the rest of my life or was it more just like an ever evolving type of theory that just that drew you in? It was more the former. I was just, I had this, I had the smell, I had the taste, you know, and I have, there's a part of me that's very much forensic detective <laughs> forensics. I love foundations and roots of things. 
And I can feel that root in myself. And I can also feel that root in the world, somewhat subterranean, somewhat under the earth, but much like a seed that's wanting to pop out. And it drew me, mm. you know, it drew me. And in many ways, you know, I took different paths. I was a physiological chemist for a while. <laughs> I worked in a lab there. I, I got a biology undergraduate degree. So it's not as if I, I just zoned in on that. Uh, but even when I was, even in biology, I was attracted to theories, oftentimes the ones done by, by uh, I think it was one by, I think her name was Lynn Margulies, talking about the cooperative relationships in evolution, rather than this Darwinian competition, struggle, fitness, very sort of industrial mask, you know, old world masculine notion, how even the mitochondria in our bodies were once bacteria that learned to live in a cooperative relationship and create the possibility of a multi-celled organism with organs and complex systems. So whenever I get, even this goes to COVID-19 now, I'm like, guys, COVID-19 is a great teacher. If we can learn to collaborate with COVID, I'm not saying taking unnecessary risks. I'm saying be very attuned and acute to the lesson and the relationship you have with that virus, both socially and individually, you're gonna learn a lot. And with all the changes, including COVID, Black Lives Matter that happened in the world, we can take the same collaborative approach. In fact, in my class in Northern Arizona, I said, I, the whole premise of the class is to learn into your negative emotions with a spirit of curiosity, not of threat, not of management, not of control, not of running away. Yeah. <laughs> and you see this in spirituality all the time and business all the time. Productivity, productivity. We got to get rid of workers, you know, in spirituality. We got to transcend. We have to get away from this cruel world. I'm like, you're a human being for a reason. You're in a, in a business endeavor for a reason, you know. Don't allow yourself to be pulled into the formulas. Don't allow yourself to be pulled into the tired and trite stories. Look at this as a vital relationship. Allow that business or that spirituality or that problem or challenge to teach you, to have a relationship with you. Be curious, learn into it, even if it's uncomfortable. And what you will find is a strong messenger that can allow you to transform the situation. In this case, not just transcend the emotion and have a positive emotion to replace it, but literally have that curious engagement with the negative emotion move you into a fulsome experience and development of that positive emotion on the other side. So if you have fear and anxiety and you're looking for courage, what is the best way to be courageous? Learn into that fear, right? <laughs> Engage it. All the heroes or people that, that, that say you're, you know, these fears of fears, and they said, no, I always was afraid but I was okay with it. I was able to go into that fear. And in going into that, you bring that spirituality and that strength and that liveliness to your situation. And by developing a relationship, what was once unfamiliar and what was once scary is now becoming more familiar and, start, and you're starting to develop a respectful relationship with it. Mm -hmm. So that's the movement that I've always had throughout. Mostly unconscious was an undergraduate and when I was getting out of high school. <laughs> I, I could not put words to this, you know, and I struggled with it. You know, I was very competitive. I was very driven by performance. I was just bullheadedly moving myself. But as I went along, I noticed, hey, Zeus, 
you actually can perform at a higher level if you have a collaborative relationship rather than a competitive relationship. Mm. It's not new agey, it's not sensitive new age guy. It literally made me a more powerful man, a more powerful citizen, a more powerful person in a relationship. Uh, romantic, social, friendship, business, it doesn't matter. And what did, what, did that look, what did that look like for you when you're that, you know, that competitive, that competitive masculine, you know, dominated uh, energy? What did it look like for you to then start to implement and live more from a collaborative standpoint? I know this is going to help a lot of business owners because, you know, we're basically conditioned, build your business and we're jumping in all these business courses so that we can be the number one so that we can make a certain amount of money so that we can have this status and this prestige and this type of uh, persona that people look at us and think okay um we're more significant or we've finally found our success how did we do it and it's 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 beautiful it's it's mm -hmm. beautifully ego driven but we're shifting out of that to something that's more uh like you described more towards our values, our virtues, our, our, our place of collaboration. So what did that look like for you to shift from something that was very, you know, over competitive to something that was more collaborative? Was there anything in particular that shifted fundamentally in your life? Well, there were a couple of examples I could probably bring up. I mean, I was a competitive rower. I was also a competitive fencer in, in, um, at Ohio State. Um, and I can tell you right now, there's nothing more purely collaborative than rowing perfectly together in an eight-man shell, right? There's only a few times I can identify when everything was going perfectly, like we were working as one organism, but all of us were individuals and just connected. And I can tell you just, there's no way to duplicate it. But when that happened, it was effortless. People talk about it being in the zone. And I have another book out that was too advanced to release <laughs> called Spirit Athlete, which I finished and I'm working on to try to develop some of these performance principles actually in athletics. Uh, literally, I finished it about four years ago, five years ago, and it's just too advanced. But one of the principles in that book, which was evinced in that shell, is this notion if you can be fully expressive to allow the strength to, and fully connected, you can literally be that competitive, <laughs> stormy individual, but you have it directed and focused toward that connection and collaboration. Mm -hmm. It's all contribution and feedback. And you're right there and you're even more yourself. I'm a competitive person, I mean, in terms of performance oriented. And, but instead of getting down on myself and worrying about losing and worrying about not getting a market share or whatever it happens to be, the instance in this would be, instead of worrying about getting market share, you would ask the question, how can I provide needs and meet the needs and identify the needs in this marketplace and connect what we do with each other and with those consumers of those people who need have those needs. If you do that well, it'll be just like you in that eight man shell, right? You will fly, it will be effortless, you will get market share, but you won't do it by just using some of these like machinations, right? <laughs> you know, you won't do it by cheating, you won't do it by simply just trying to be a monopolist or 
by, uh, by trying a trick or by hiring a consulting firm, except maybe me or someone like that can help you collaborate more, uh, more effectively. But what you do is you begin to tune into the energy. Everything is driven by that energy. And if that energy is successfully connected in practical ways, then it's going to work. And I worked, I've worked with people with learning disabilities, dyscalculia, dyslexia, and it's not that these people have problems cognitively functioning. They're usually hyperprocessors. They're more intelligent. And a lot of times the same is true, especially with today's workers. They're more intelligent. They want to be engaged and productive. They want a higher level of challenge, you know? They, they just driving them boring, stiff, when they're being just put into a slotted into a specialized role that only meets part of their capabilities. So when I was able to reach the entire capability of these so-called learning disabled people, they literally leapt ahead, not only in terms of standardized tests, in terms of uh, traditional schooling, but also in terms of their own individual talents. And that all, that all hinged on me tapping into and recognizing they had something to teach me. And I just had a skill and a facilitation to help bring that forward. And when that collaboration happened, I didn't even need to do anything. I didn't make anything. I didn't teach anything. I was purely evocative and facilitative. Bam. And, I, and there's this one kid that had <laughs> a semester long project, research paper, um, that he had to get done in like two weeks. And I said, let's go right to your interest, your passion. I will use all my abilities and my you know, background in academics and research, but I'm gonna apply it right now and I'm gonna go right to you and we're gonna do this and we're gonna make it work, okay? And as soon as I got into that passion and just developed a dialogue with him and then brought those skills in through that powerful collaboration, he not only got that done, but he got a great grade on it as well. I think that's a cool lesson for everyone who's asking themselves the question of, you know, how do I contribute to the world? How do I, uh, you know, how do I do my best to contribute and, and have this divine genius flow through me? What you just mm -hmm. do is tap into your interests, tap into what's fascinating, tap into what's all, you're already being pulled towards because uh, you're being pulled towards that for a reason. And then what you mm -hmm. just did was facilitate and uh, you know, manage the skills and obviously the, the, the connections and collaboration. And then you basically just step back and allow the divine to flow through them. Right. And cause mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's so cool. It's something that I learned in, in the Tao Te Ching. It's like a completely new right. way of doing, uh, of doing leadership where right. instead of you leadership being something where you're directing someone and you're managing them and you're leading the way it's like, you actually step back and you're leading in the background and you mm -hmm. actually just allow them, allow the genius to flow through them. And they even mm -hmm. don't, they don't even know you're there half the time, but that's, right. that's sort of a, a spiritual way to view leadership. And it's not really what's taught. It's not really what's, what's uh, conditioned in us. But right. you sense you can, you can feel within you that deep sense of collaboration. When your divine genius is flowing through you, you allow divine genius to flow through them mm -hmm. and um and therefore everyone's just it's almost like that harmonies between everyone and mm -hmm. uh, that's what i think is a completely new way uh what would it, what would you say for people who are in that situation where they're like man i i, I want to get into business i want to do this uh, in a way that feels aligned in a way that feels mm -hmm. connected to my spirit 
what advice would you have someone that's sort of trying to make this shift? Well, first of all, I think you're absolutely right. First of all, you have to have some serious passion within it. And what, where people make the mistake is they say, okay, I have an interest. Like a lot of times people tra- starting an online business, they want to try- start a website. They want to turn a hobby into something that could produce some kind of money or something like that. And they're like, well, that's my passion. And I have to go through and take that internet marketing guru and this and that, you know, fashion it into business. I'm finding that I went through that process. I'm finding that doesn't work very well at all. Instead, what I'm finding does work is finding, and you do a pretty good job with this, Tyson. You know, you, you allow yourself to attract and magnetize through your passion and one of your great skills and one of your divine geniuses is just getting these people together and you're making part of that part of your business as well. So you recognize certain skills in yourself. You reached out to me, right? And part of the reason why I responded to you is because I sense the authenticity and genuineness and passion in, and talent and skill and centrality of that you know, gift in you. So if we each do this, what we're going to find is that instead of having to go to some guru or advisor, we begin to detect a joy in ourselves. And we go out and we explore into the world and we start attracting other people who have similar interests or have complementary interests. We develop a kind of brain trust naturally through that passion. And by by desiring to explore and apply that passion, we're gonna run against all these adventures, stories, uh, serendipities, and we're gonna go into needs. We're gonna see if we're really passionate about it and we walk into the community, wait a minute, here's a need, you know, I think that's what this, you know, what colors my parachute is in, something about where your, your deep talent meets the world's deep need, you know, you're gonna find those needs and they're not gonna be just these fuzzy needs. You're literally going to see someone on the street or in a business <laughs> who could really benefit from what you have to give, and no one has decided to produce that or create that possibility for them. So it really is hands-on, and schools do not do a good job teaching this. They, they give us a bunch of classes, give us a bunch of inputs, and then throw us out into the world. They don't help us really in, have self-knowledge, which is, Socrates will tell you, paramount. And they don't really develop relationships either. And nor do they develop an ability to research needs in the world and then organize and develop a response to those needs that you could then turn into a business. I have had to do that all through trial and error mostly. (laughs) I have to say, because I was a teacher educator, I was a professor of education at a time in my life. And the most important things that teachers needed to know if you're on the street, Number one was relationship with the students. You needed to know how to have a relationship with the students, not covered at all. Number two was organization. You needed to know how to organize your materials, organize your time, your life, and even your brain space, not taught at all. (laughs) You need to know how other people think and how to get into that and develop a relationship and cultivate that, not taught at all. You're taught all these content classes. You're taught all these theoretical psychology classes, but you're not ever taught the most important things. I went to seminary for a year and a half. What were my goals? Developing a relationship with the divine. I wanted to develop service. I wanted to develop a contemplative practice, you know, um, and then I also wanted to develop 
a moral or ethical example, whether it's fashion on Buddha or Jesus, I wanted to really get involved in the craft of living a moral life. None of these things were ever known. We did biblical criticism, interpretation, you name it. If you go to business schools, I'm sure you're gonna see the same thing. You know, you're gonna have all these segmented courses that have no organic you know, holism or direction or really even orient to this. You're gonna have these kind of fakey kind of quasi applied examples that they have thrown in textbooks, but very few emphases on saying, who are you about? Where's your self-knowledge? Where's your passion? Boom. Who, who else has those passions and can fill that out into a kind of brain trust? And then how can you bring it out and find and research needs in the world and then develop a way to connect the people and the talents with those needs? It doesn't happen. I can tell you, I've, I have explored and been in education for a long time and it just isn't happening. So I literally decided to begin to do it myself through counseling, to do it myself through the, the, the writing and being an author to these books to try to begin to open up those capabilities and develop a language around them. Uh, yeah. I'd love to, love to ask some questions about spiritually competent men. And, but first of all, I think what you're, what you're saying here is exactly what I'm feeling in terms of our core values, our core virtues, you know, in terms of connectedness, community, in terms of love, in terms of, uh, you know, kindness, generosity, service, mm-hmm. they're not taught in business. They're not. And I think this is the new, the new wave of business. The new way we do business is mm-hmm. to value those virtues first. Like you say, mm-hmm. it's knowing thyself. It's like, these are my core virtues. These are my values. This is what my hierarchy is. Allow that your divine genius to flow through you. And it's like mm-hmm. literally just search for the need in the world, literally search right. for the need in which your divine genius can help them. And right. Law, the law of, uh, you know, the, the, the law of Dharma is like your, your passion and your divine genius is flowing through because mm-hmm. there has to be someone out there that, mm-hmm. is, that needs, that, that helps them, right? They need that gift that you, that's mm-hmm. flowing through you. Mm-hmm. And I think business can become very simple, very, uh, very uh, connected, very, uh, very divine, very spiritual. Right. Um, when you, when you, when you simplify it that way, it's like, this is who I am. I have a need to go out and serve and contribute. I mm-hmm. want to value love connection, service, generosity, right? Whatever feels in my expansion and build right. my business on that. And what I found definitely is exactly what you're saying. The people that you're connected with, the people you're aligned with, the people who can help come to you. They literally, mm-hmm. they literally come to you and, um, and it's just, it's just a completely different way of doing business, completely different way. Cause if no matter what strategy you use, like mm-hmm. you can use any Instagram, YouTube, Facebook strategies. If you're mm-hmm. not being yourself, no one's going to follow. Like this day right. and age, you can, you can sense the authenticity in someone. Like you say, you sense the authenticity in me when I reach out, um, mm-hmm. people can feel that off you. And they can feel where you're coming from these days. And uh, it's, it's, they can, especially the younger generation. Authenticity, I have found with the younger generation, 50 and below, is the number one. (laughs) It's just like, it is like job number one is authenticity. You can smell it a mile away. And if you're not being authentic, if you're just trying to push something or sell something, it isn't going to work. 
Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and to that point, too, um, there's a reciprocity here, too. We're not just out there trying to sell and make something happen. We're also trying to create appreciation and receptivity to people out there. Now, they're not consumers. We're, we're going from consumers to citizens now to co-creators. Okay. I, 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 the first blog that I wrote for Citizen Zoo said this. We went from big box store, right? JCPenney, Coca-Cola, where you actually would pay to have their name on your shirt. You know, uh, it boggles the mind to a, a, a niche marketing kind of preference-driven world where, you know, you had a magazine for every little thing, right? And you had all these sub-tribes all over. Now we're going to, from consuming to producing as itself a value people are willing to pay for. So if you are just providing a service for somebody, meeting a need, and not appreciating and evoking their participation in production and self-knowledge, through your interaction with them and your providing of your service, you're selling yourself short and you're missing the boat of the emerging world. So much of the value now, and you see this even with Google and all those other things, has to do with providing platforms and services that allow that person to feel themselves as a productive, creative person in relationship with you. So as a counselor, I'm not gonna give people advice and just give them exercises and then use some three-letter acronym like in emotionally focused training to say, just try this exercise, this exercise, that exercise. Instead, as I do with my quick course um, on Ask Dr. Zeus, I say, what is an emotion to you? How would you define an emotion? How do, what does it matter to you? You know, what kind of issues or problems do you have in the world? And it doesn't have to be touchy-feeling in the sense of just making talk the end point. I say, what things do you want to accomplish? What kind of relationships do you see or feel or potential for you that are you, you're trying to work toward? What do you see as a healthy relationship? And that's one thing where I feel, you know, my Midwestern roots and <laughs> my performance part comes up. I like objective standards even a standardized test to measure that, that this collaborative approach will work better. Because mm -hmm. you know, people just assume, oh, on a standardized test, it's, it's gonna be preparation, preparation, just knocking your head against the wall. And I've been able to get people's test scores 300 points greater in just a couple of weeks by helping them understand themselves and how to get, develop a relationship with that test, with the mentality of the test makers, with a relationship with their own thinking so that they begin to develop a dialogue where they know when the brain kind of goes off and they know what that question is asking and they know when someone's trying to trick them by developing these relationships, all of a sudden their performance goes up. Wow. What do you think the yeah. relationship needs to be for someone, the relationship with their business? What do you think that relationship needs to be, especially in this, this, this new emerging world that we find ourselves in? I think that's a great question. And I have to say, treat the business itself as an entity and as a person, right? As a powerful, informative partner in your endeavor. Most people, myself included, when I started, I was like, God, I got to learn this technically. And I would just, I would freeze. I would paralyze. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, you know, transport my, my, my web address over to some, some stupid little technical thing. I'm like, ah, you know, everybody's been there, right? 
if I were to give myself advice back then and say, listen, Zeus, you aren't the big brain into some robot called your business, right? And you're up in the cockpit doing this. Your business itself is an entity, a person. It's going to grow with you. It's going to teach you. It's going to bring people in, okay? But it itself is kind of like a person. And if you're going to address your, your business like a person, you're going to say, business, what do you need right now? Okay. Um, what don't I know? What can I provide for you? Say it's someone who's a child. You, you're not great at doing, they want to be an Olympic skater. You have no knowledge of skating. You're going to go to a coach, you're going to research and take him to practices, someone who can. So, you know, if you treat your business like that, what you're going to do is not be as overwhelmed. You say, it's my business. No, that business has its own kind of independent entity too. It's out there to serve beyond just you and the money it's making you and your participation and your leadership of it. So when that happens, I think it takes a lot of pressure off of a person. It allows them to have a friendlier, less intimidated relationship with their growing business, less pressure. It's all on me. It's all on me. I've got to make all the right decisions. No, your business actually itself is going to tell you, along with your customers, along with some of your colleagues, how this thing can form. And by staying attuned and being curious and learning into your business and finding ways to have a conversation with your business, almost as a person, you're going to have some great insights. You're going to be put in contact with great people that you would be, because you were so anxious and so worried, you would never be able to do if you didn't have that kind of relationship. Well, what, are some, what are some insights for you that you had once you started having that different relationship with your business and uh, you took that pressure off yourself? What, yeah. are the in, what are the insights that your business gave you? Well, I met my wife when I, <laughs> Richita, when I, I I'll, I'll give you a story here. It's great. It may, I hope it, it entertains your audience a little bit. Um, when Regina first contacted me, Regina's a, the top interview basically at Gaia, Gaia TV, a, a, the, probably the world's premier streaming site for metaphysical and alternative and world developing leading topics, um, has an enormous library. And, um, and she invited me uh, through a friend of hers who, who had had an interview or who had, who had met me to, uh, to interview my book, Transforming Economy. And, um, and at first I'm like, I don't know, it's kind of a new agey, you know, there's new agey elements to this side. I'm like, should I really do this, you know? And what I, what I had almost, a, I almost had a conversation with her, with the situation and said, Zeus, what's your real, you're being kind of judgmental here. You know, you're being, <laughs> where's your spirit of adventure? Do you want to talk about this book? Do you want to get it out there to new audiences? You know, are you being a little bit too ridiculous and too judgmental? Go ahead. You're passionate about it. Get it out there. So I said, okay. I said, yeah, stop being a snot, a snob. So I called her up and said, yes, I'll take it. And then I said, well, I want to learn about her. I want to learn what's going on with her. Now, she would probably tell you, well, you've talked a lot, Zeus. I don't know how much words I got in edgewise, but that was the intention anyway, you know? Um, and I said, okay, so we, we set up a dinner, you know? And, and, and through that dinner, we were able to, I was able to understand a lot more about her, about Kaya, 
we, we, we did a little, it helped to generate some warmth and some, you know, power around the, the, the interview, the conversation the next day at the studio. And, um, and there was just that feeling of flow between us. And I walked her back to her car and we had a, a hug that probably lasted a little longer than it should have. And, <laughs> and there was no and never let go. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, and I said, this has just really been delightful. There was just a sense of coming together and kind of holding each other on a lot of levels. And so that moved, uh, that business deal, it wasn't a business deal, but that moved that relationship forward and we began to correspond and uh, became partners in more ways than one. But I see that as a metaphor for how we can, had I been, had I given in to that snobbiness, had I not allowed myself to have that sense of adventure and allow my desire to sort of play a little bit, had I not said, taken some initiative instead of just waiting for someone to call me and did it not with an idea of mine, oh, she's going to be good connections or she can do this for me, but with a mind toward, I really want to know what's going on with her. I really want to know what we're about or what we might talk about. That's what's going to lead to productive outcomes, especially now with people placing so much emphasis on co-creativity and authenticity. It's really hard not to like someone who's just passionate and wants to know what's going on with you and wants to be able to connect with you and also connect you with other people that they know you would benefit from your influence and you from theirs. And that, that's how things need to be going. That's how things are going right now. We're not quite there yet. We still have competitive business models still dominating, but they're beginning to lose their steam. And, and they will lose their steam a lot more if we begin to withdraw our energy from those competitive models and start putting them toward collaborative ones. I have on my website right now, I have a COVID article, but the one right after that is saying, class war comes out of the closet, fighting and winning against big everything. Big oil, big pharma, big all these big companies that are using these top down, we're gonna to try to use you or demographic you to death or big data you to death. I say rebel against that. One of the biggest values in my book, it's an ethical value as well as a practical value, is rebellion. Positive, subversive rebellion. <laughs> I don't want what you're selling. I'm going to unplug from you. I'm going to start going with these other people here who get it. <laughs> and so communities and villages of supportive entrepreneurs become critical to moving forward. Small groups. Powerful, healthy relationships are going to be absolutely critical. Absolutely. That's crazy. It's crazy how you can develop a different relationship with your business in a way that you're like, man, I'm just going to be creative and allow this sense of adventure and fun because your business is like, like I said, if your business is its own separate uh, entity, you can just go with that and say, look, where's, this, where's my business going to take me? It's like, not where I can take the business. It's like, where is this mm -hmm. adventure taking me? Right. And, and that is awesome. That's sort of like, I put this out to the world. I'm getting this back. Let's see where it goes. And obviously, you met your wife. But that's kind <laughs> of like a, a byproduct, a crazy inspirational byproduct of you not listening to your ego or giving into your ego that says, Oh, people don't want this. They're not ready. All these different things, but in a state of man, let's just be curious of where this can take us. And, and when, once you do follow that adventure, 
right. you'll be very, very surprised at what happens next where you can mm-hmm. actually start to co-create, collaborate, come together with people who are like-minded, who mm-hmm. do share similar values. And like you described, within that is so much power. Within that is so much choice. Within that is a different way of moving forward where you don't have to be in, you know, bobbed down and, and trapped by all these, by the big corporations and the systems they put in place. Is that the way Absolutely. you describe it? Absolutely. I would describe it that way. I, I, not a, a note of caution, but we're going through that transitional period right now. People can sense this. You still have the momentum of the big top down thing, still trying to steal your energy <laughs> and sometimes using unfair way to do it. You know, I mean, they get ba- the big banks get bailed out. And we don't that sort of thing. But because of this turmoil and this changeover right now, I, I can hear some of your audience almost saying to me, Zeus, I'm trying to do that. I realize that's what's happening. That's what I want. But everyone seems to be in their own heads right now. Everyone just seems to be coping right now. It's, if it's not Black Lives Matter, it's COVID. If it's not that, it's the fact that their, that their jobs are being outsourced. If it's not that, it's something else, right? And so keep your eyes on the prize. It is happening. And there is this interim period right now where People aren't as available. We do need leaders like you, Tyson, and your audience to begin to be those lightning rods, to begin to want to sort of pierce through the fog, pierce through the noise, be the the voices of sanity and inspiration, right? To say, hey, let's get together. I'm putting this out here. If one or two people show up, one or two people show up where two or more are gathered, now you're already starting something. If you can't find someone in your community, maybe you start a blog. Maybe you put messages out there on some of your social media. The whole effort is to try to move this forward even a little bit. And it's going to be a little bit tough right now. We do need leaders in this right now. It's already happening. It's going to continue to happen and increase. But for all of those who are a little bit disenchanted saying, I love what you're saying, Zeus. I love what you're saying, Tyson. But man, (laughs) you don't live in my community right now. No one even lets you know their neighbor, you know, that sort of thing, you know? And to which I would say, okay, then you're going to have to be the one to step out. You know, you're going to have to be the one that says, okay, I'm going to try to crack the ice here. I'm actually trying to try to get to know my neighbor. I'm going to try to find a need in my community. I'm going to try to find some need that my business might be able to meet nearby, practical. I might volunteer, do something that, I, that I'm passionate about. Whatever steps that you're taking to make that happen, it's going to allow this whole collective zeitgeist, energy of the age to move forward. And even though it may not seem to be super successful in terms of money and so forth, it is absolutely critical to allowing that whole thing to move forward. And I applaud you for it. And I cheer you on. And I'd say you're essential in that. Mm-hmm. So don't to take heart, take heart, courage, cur, cur is heart, <laughs> yeah. courage, heartage, going forward and doing that. Yeah. And one thing that I know a lot of people are thinking about and coming up to they're like, well, we've given a lot of practical ways of thinking, of feeling, of being to sort of shift my business into this new age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to tap on something you said then about the finance situation because a lot of a lot of us have been taught we need to do this certain thing to make this certain amount of money mm-hmm. and 
I'm certainly finding it's not necessarily that way anymore because I've mm-hmm. created my community on, on Facebook. We jump on zoom calls. We collab, we truly love collaborating and asking ourselves how we can serve um, from right. that place without expectation of what that may look like. So I can start to see and sense and feel what that would, uh, what, what, it, you know, what it can lead to. But I'd love to ask you that question of what would it, what advice would you give to someone who's in a situation of, yeah, I get that my heart's pulling me towards community collaboration, towards serving and, and, and being, you know, more of this uh, spirit consciousness, but I need to make that money. I need to sort of, and this is the only way I know how, this is the only way that sort of makes sense to me. What right. advice would you give to someone in that sort of situation? It's a very simple one. And one I've given many times even in my counseling and, and just in informal settings, I'm saying, find a way to do that where you are. I don't care if you are a barista. I don't care if you are a customer service rep on a telephone line or an executive or someone else or personal fitness trainer. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, A guy I would uh, go to uh, bike fitness class with, uh, wonderful bike fitness instructor, Becky. I'm great friends with her back in Columbus when I was living there, Columbus, Ohio. Um, And he was saying, you know, Zeus, I'd really like to, to take classes on psychology. I'm very passionate about psychology, but I don't really have the money for psychology. And I've got this job at Verizon, right? Where he's, you know, more customer services, you know, at somewhat of managerial supervisor level, but he's still doing the work, you know, fielding calls. I said, I've got the perfect solution. I'll just call him Mark. Mark, I said, why don't you make a focus in your psychology classes to develop content Conflict resolution skills over the phone, okay? Make that a study or theme of your study and, and make a proposition to Verizon that you could help reduce the amount of call time that they have, right? <laughs> By developing these conflict mediation skills and reduction skills so that people don't, you know, so they feel that their needs are really met and probably save them millions of dollars. When you think collectively, I said, they will think nothing of paying for your psychology classes. If you come to with that proposition with a meaningful and, 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 and you know, justifiable uh, reason to work. So wherever you happen to be, even if it's an unsatisfying, specialized, boring, routinized job, find your passion. If it's around collaboration or finding needs in there, do the research where you work. See how it runs. Again, treat it as a person and talk to it from your own passion. You're probably going to find some kind of project that you can do there or some kind of relationship you can create there that allows you to develop that thing that you're passionate about. And once you go down that road, you'll be surprised where that can lead, especially if you're working for a company and all of a sudden they see, wow, this is saving us money. <laughs> you know, which is oftentimes what happens. Like, just like with that Verizon example, all of a sudden, now you have respect. Now you have somebody's ear. Now you have a little bit of a champion. You know, again, big corporations aren't known for their great appreciation, but at least you have something. You've been able to develop your skill. You've been able to apply it. You've been able to create value where you are. And you've been able to create some knowledge not only about yourself, but how you can apply yourself in ways that meaningfully meet a need. Okay. Yes. You can take that knowledge. If those persons aren't, if you're working for a huge corporation that doesn't 
truly reward you or engage you or allow you to develop that talent, you can now take that skill somewhere else. Okay. I say, don't quit your day job. Find the projects and ways that you can begin to leverage that deep passion or skill and your ability to research and see needs and connect with them. And again, if that organization is not quite honoring you enough, don't quit your job yet, but do the research out there and find someone who does and quit your job after you have a job over there. You know, these people like the romantic notion of just quit everything and start your own internet business. Uh, mm, you know, that usually doesn't work out really well. You know, it throws you into turmoil. Um, you said, but you know, this person told me and I really went with my heart and the spirit's supposed to provide, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yes, you can still do that without simply being conservative or just kowtowing. You, mm -hmm. can, you can be adventurous, you can be experimental. You can, you can develop your passion even in sometimes fairly conventional environments. And again, if there's not appreciation, then you can go ahead and move out of those environments, but do it in a way that allows you not to simply just completely upset the apple cart. Yeah. Now, you know, if you're a very big risk taker and you're passionate and it's into you and you're like, I'm just the kind of guy, uh, maybe I have too much, uh, you know, whatever, the, those hormones, the brain risk hormones in my brain, then go for it. I'm like, I'm not going to step you back and be disapproving, you know, do your thing. So uh, that's what I would say. There's a lot more possibility than people think, even in fairly routine or conventional situations. Yeah. Look for the creative within even the conventional. And that's the one, one thing I take away there is that creativity. It's like a lot of people get, get stuck when they think there's only one way to do something. Do I leave mm -hmm. my job and start this thing or do I uh, get into areas of psychology and do I make this investment or not? Well, you're saying, man, just be creative, right? Mm -hmm. this, this, your, your job will easily fund you, you know, a certain amount if it means making them money or, or saving the money or you can do whatever and just be creative with how this passion can flow through you where you are right now. I think and that's really key. And practically speaking, be creative about cutting your costs. If you're passionate about something and you're going out and having a $5 cup of coffee every day, you know, don't see it as, oh, oh I, I got to do, I just got to cut that off because I need the money. Say, be creative. Say, I'm passionate about this. I'm buying more time and energy by not having that cup of coffee to do the thing I love, I'm going to use this opportunity to get, I love coffee. I'm going to actually find ways to make it myself, right? Or I'm going to do some trade with that co local coffee shop. I'm going to do some pro bono work for them and they're going to give me some free coffees. You know, think about this people, <laughs> how much you use community to help you develop a medium of exchange, you can cut down your costs oftentimes and increase your enjoyment and connection with the community. You just have to be, again, creative. It doesn't just work on the getting money side. It also works on the reducing costs side. Yeah, yeah, totally. I've, I've definitely found that when I started to, once I've built this community and just fell in love with serving them, all of a sudden I start realizing whenever I need something, whenever something, you know, I'm missing or I'm, I'm, I'm lacking that is, isn't my area of expertise. I pitch something out to someone 
and instantly everyone comes to want to co-create, collaborate, mm -hmm. work together, mm -hmm. do some service exchanges, whatever it may be. And there's just such creative, infinite amount of ways, infinite amount of possibilities where I can uh, have that website put up or, or organize this um, joint venture or mm -hmm. uh, exchange someone on a podcast, whatever it may be, and start to get introduced to other people. There's, it, once you have a community, like you say, you're standing shoulder to shoulder with people of the community and the network you've built who are like-minded, who share similar values within that there are ways, there are different ways of cutting costs of, of, you know, forming this brain trust, this, this mastermind of doing whatever it can so that you can, uh, so that you can basically have that creativity flow through you. And mm -hmm. it's a, it's, it's just been a huge game changer. I'm actually starting to really coach a lot of people on, um, who are being pulled to build their own communities and build them online and teach them what I've done and uh, allow them to follow their heart in doing something similar. If it isn't, if it is in their expansion, it's not in everyone's expansion, but for those of you who, who, who do, I've been coaching on a lot of that so they can build their own sort of networks mm -hmm. and um, people seeing magic start to happen when they, when they have that interaction with someone in that, in that like-minded way. Um, so it's, it's very cool. I know this, uh, this interview has been a while, um, I could talk about this for ages, so it's kind of just, it's, it's flown by. Uh, mm -hmm. but is there anything else you would add for, for, for people who are in the situation of, you know, this, this new age, this, this, this new wave of consciousness that's flowing through where we're starting to be led by spirit or starting to be led by, mm -hmm. by love and community and collaboration. Is there anything that they can, anything else that they can practically do to make sure that their, their business is sort of aligned with that? I would say, just to emphasize what you say, community is the future. Community is the future. You can get all that you need to that community, okay? And we're not just talking an intentional community formed around some kind of mission, but a co-creative community that begins to form itself, a kind of flash mob that continues to exist, yeah. <laughs> that comes together and allows itself to work community is the future you we will have enough if we get together and we allow our talents to come forward we even if we desperately need something we're told oh that we're gonna have to pay for it and then you find someone who says i would love to just use my talent i don't even you don't even need to pay me you can find some other way to exchange I just, I'm, I'm so bored. I want to, I want to stretch my wings. We have a wonderful person that just came out of the blue is helping Regina with her website. Now she's a genius. And she's like timidly asking me, can I do this? I'm like, please, you're a genius. Just go to town, you know, keep me in the loop because I want to learn from you. But she is just, she's doing an amazing job already. She's not asking any money. She just wants to use her talent and become part of this community. And they're doing, we're doing the same thing as you. We're developing a community forum too. So, and we're finding that non-authorized, non-top-down, non-corporate, you know, manipulated communities are going to be the future, not only on the ground and bricks and mortar level, but also in cyberspace. So I would just, I would emphasize with everyone out there, Tyson is correct. Community is the future. And Tyson, if you have a gift, and it seems like you do with helping people understand and create and develop those communities, then I would say, call you. And if they want to develop a sense of relationship 
and how to evoke and develop those relationships, collaborative, co-creative relationships, call me. You know? And again, if you don't have a lot of money or if you, if, you know some, if you know something where these talents can work, give us a proposition. Say, I'd like to include you as an advisor or something else. And we, I personally would be happy. I won't speak for you, Tyson, but I'd be happy to say, okay, you know, I'd be willing to devote this amount of time or at least be able to be a facilitator advisor on that because we're all working together to try to move that forward this merging world, this collaborative, co-creative world. So, hey, you know, whatever works and, uh, and, and being open and available and letting that energy flow is where it's at. Wow. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab, that, grab that voice recording of you saying Tyson's correct. I'm gonna send it, <laughs> send it to everyone. <laughs> oh, that's you will, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But you have your, I mean, you have your eyes on the ball. I mean, Tyson, you are, you, 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 that intuition, I will tell you, with my wisdom and experience is extraordinarily grounded and correct. That's where things are headed and that's where it need, we need to develop it. And, uh, and we can all hands on deck on that, you know, totally. all hands on deck. Totally. So everyone, everyone listening, if you're, if you're being pulled to co-create, collaborate and do business in a very, very different way than what we're, than what we've initially been taught, um, then definitely, definitely jump on, jump onto something like that where you're being pulled towards that feels expansive for you um and and start to get to know people start to be creative as zeus is saying really start to be in that space of allow the divine genius to flow through you and uh and meet meet those needs of what's out there it's so key it's so key uh zeus where can people find out more about you get in contact with you if they if they uh feel this need to to reach out and connect well, the more counseling aspect of more one-on-one is my askdrzeus.com. That's, you know, A-S-K-D-R-Z-E-U-S.com. And they want more my sort of 50,000-foot uh, version, engagement in political, uh, educational, and, and, and spirituality. Uh, go to citizenzeus.com, which is C-I-T-I-Z-E-N-Z-E-U-S.com. So those two sides kind of, one's my more citizen kind of, all out there letting it hang out with my opinion and the other one has to do a little bit more with my counseling my develop my actual skills relationship and so forth so that those are the two places you can get me i also have a couple of youtube channels under both of those as well so um yeah, there's a citizen zeus a youtube channel and there's one called emotion and motivation that has has to do with the class that i taught so those are a couple places to start beautiful beautiful yeah if, if it resonates with you if this sort of thing feels expansive feels like a pull for you definitely check out those resources i'll put them put the links in the show notes to make it easy for people to just pop over um zeus thank you so much for being here is there anything else that you want to add here that would uh make this feel complete just be well be creative everyone just trust yourselves i that's the one thing i said have said in all my classes and the one thing that continues to come to my mind trust yourself let it flow let yourself create don't allow yourself to be held back. We want what you have. <laughs> yes, we definitely, definitely do. Whatever's pouring through you is needed. And uh, mm -hmm. that trust, that trust is uh, the trust and knowing that that is needed, that that is yes. flowing through you for a reason. It's so mm -hmm. key. It's such a good reminder. Man, mm -hmm. Zeus, thank you so much for being here, my friend. I uh, look forward to hearing what people have uh, their feedback about this because it's, it's, it's such a game changer. So thank you so much for the work you're doing, my friend. Thank you so much for inviting me. Appreciate it.